everyone, we are back with the Learning to Sit Still podcast. I am so glad you're here and I hope that your day is going well. I know that sometimes the day-to-day tasks can wear us down and it is easy to think that at the end of the day, they don't matter. But you know what? God asks us to be faithful in the little things, the mundane things, because it is in those things that character is built. In Luke 16.10, Jesus says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. How you behave with little is an indication how you will behave with more. Sometimes we think that if we had more time or more money that we would do better than we are now. But the truth of the matter is, if we don't learn to master what we have, we can never manage more. I know I have not always done well in this area myself. I fell into the trap of saying, well, I would do better if I had more, but God reminds me that I need to do my best with what he has given me now. Today is an important day because it was given to me by God and he has something he wants me to do. And the best way to find it is to let him guide my steps, even if that includes the mundane. So my friend, can I encourage you to be faithful in whatever God has called you to do, even if that is washing the dishes, doing another load of laundry, typing another report at work, or dealing with an unhappy customer again. Now, that is not our topic for today, but I wanted to just encourage us in the day-to-day. For our study today, I wanted to get back into our Daughter of Eve series and talk about Miriam. She is a woman with quite a story to tell, and it unfolds in four scenes. We first meet her as a child looking after her brother, but she will mature into a woman who leads Israel in song after they cross the Red Sea, but sadly she will stumble over pride, which leads her to be struck with leprosy by God and quarantined outside of the camp for one week. How did such a woman go from being a child used to restore her brother to her mother's arms to being an outcast for a week? That's what I want to unpack today and give you four valuable words from her life that apply to ours today. When we are introduced to Miriam for the first time in Exodus chapter 2, it is simply as the sister. We actually won't learn what her name is until after the crossing of the Red Sea. Her mother Jochebed has placed Moses by the river, but there is no mention that she asked her daughter to keep watch. Verse 4 only says, And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. The word wit means to know. Miriam wanted to know what would happen to her brother. She knew what was at stake. She knew why her mother had done this to her little brother. Maybe she even understood the amount of faith her mother was displaying in God and she wanted to see the outcome. You could say that she was just curious, but her curiosity would lead her to witness God's faithfulness to those that put their trust in him. She witnessed Pharaoh's daughter having compassion on her brother, but that is not all. Our first word from Miriam's life is courage. I want you to put yourself in this young girl's shoes. We are not sure of her age. She is referred to as a maid, and that term puts her anywhere from a girl, about 8 to 10, to a young maiden, which could be from 12 to 14. Whatever her age, she was old enough to realize what was happening and that there was an opportunity at hand to restore her brother to their family for a little while, all under the protection of the princess. 
Miriam is watching from the shadows. She has kept her distance, but when the princess showed signs of compassion, she rushed out to speak with her. She, a slave, went with boldness to the king's daughter. Miriam seemed to be a girl who had absolutely no problem speaking her mind, a characteristic that had its pros and cons, as we will see later. But she asked the princess if she could call a nurse of the Hebrews to care for the child. Smart move. When the princess agrees, Miriam wastes no time fetching her mother. Her bold action resulted in a son being restored to the family. They were able to enjoy their brother for a little longer. Now, I must be honest, I am more shy by nature. Most people don't believe that, but I truly, I am just not an outgoing personality. I am not the person that walks up to a total stranger. I think I would have hesitated if I was Miriam, mainly out of fear. And that leads me to wonder how many times have we missed out on opportunity because we were afraid to move. Even when an opportunity presented itself, Miriam had the courage to act, to move past whatever fear she may have had in order to seize a God-given opportunity. Maybe that is what gave her the courage, knowing that God was in this situation. We serve the same God. He is still in control. He is still working on our behalf. But sometimes, in order to make a difference, we have to first act, to have the courage to move at the necessary moment, just like Miriam. The second scene in Miriam's life brings some interesting information. We are given her name for the first time and informed that she is a prophetess. Now, something else worth noting is the fact that she is somewhere in the age bracket of 88 to 92 and not married. Now, I don't know about you, but I tend to picture her as this woman around the age of 30 when Israel leaves Egypt. But when I thought about it, I realized that I was completely mistaken. Remember, she was called a maiden, making her anywhere from 8 to 12 or four, even 14 at the time of Moses' birth. Moses remained in Egypt 40 years, then stayed with his father-in-law Jethro for an additional 40 years. This makes Moses somewhere around 80 when he returns to Egypt and Miriam over 85 for sure. The fact that she wasn't married and never would be, was something else that caught my attention. She is one of the few females in the Bible to be single. Martha and Mary would also fall into this category. And if you think of any others, please let me know. But these are the ones that I thought of. There is something special about this information because sometimes those who are single think that they cannot do anything great for God. They cannot be used if they're not married. But Miriam's life proves just the opposite. God did use her. He included the title of prophetess for us to read, a term used in the sense of uttering words suggested by the Spirit of God. That is what she would do in this passage. Israel has just crossed the Red Sea and is now safely on the other side. The Egyptians who pursued them were defeated. Moses is leading the people in praise to the Lord. Miriam grabs the timbrel and leads the women in responding to that praise with their own praise to the Lord. In Exodus 15 verse 21, we read her words and Miriam answered them, sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Miriam is once again unafraid to speak out, to lift up her voice in praise, leading to my second word, encourager. She was quick to lead the women in song, in praising the provision of their God. Can we say that in our own life? When we are with people, do we say positive things or do we spend our time grumbling and complaining? 
I kind of fall into that category. Praise is usually not something that comes naturally to humans in general, but it should be present in the life of the believer. Our God is worthy of praise every day for his provision, for his goodness, for his love, mercy, compassion, kindness, and the list could go on and on. Maybe when we get together with our friends, we should make it a practice to ask them how God has been good to them this week, to remind each other to praise the Lord. We can be praise encouragers. We can help stimulate others to praise the Lord, to remember that he is worthy of our praise. Can I encourage you, my friend, to follow in Miriam's footsteps and be a praise encourager the next time you're with somebody? Now we transition into the third scene of Miriam's life, the one that is talked about the most, which takes place in Numbers 12. And this is where things take a dramatic turn. This incident would take place prior to the 12 spies entering Canaan and Israel rejecting the promised land based on their report. Miriam and Aaron spoke out against their brother because of his foreign Ethiopian wife. Many say that it was Miriam who instigated the complaining due to how the Lord would deal with her later. Remember what I said about Miriam having no fear to speak her mind? Well, here it comes back to bite her. The big question, of course, is why? Why did she feel the need to speak out against her brother? Listen to what was said in Numbers 12, verse 2. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Did you catch it? These statements seem to be based in pride. It's like they are saying, what makes Moses so special? Hasn't the Lord used us too? Hasn't he spoken to us? Why should it only be Moses? This is a dangerous place to be, to question God. Moses was in a position of leadership, not because he sought it, but because God had given it to him. He had chosen Moses as the leader, as his representative to the nation of Israel. To murmur and complain against Moses' leadership position was to directly challenge God's authority, and God was not happy. The verse clearly states that the Lord heard it, and the following verses tells what he planned to do about it. Listen to verse 4. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses, and unto Aaron, and unto Miriam, Come out ye three unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. I found it interesting that the Lord spake suddenly to them. I wonder if as soon as they uttered those words, they heard God summon them to the tabernacle. Now, I remember growing up when I thought my parents were not watching and I behaved foolishly, which was numerous times, only to suddenly realize they were right there and they called out my name. Let's just say my heart dropped into my stomach with such a thud that I thought everyone could hear it. I have a feeling that both Miriam and Aaron had a similar, if not far worse, feeling when God spoke to them. Verses 5 through 10 tell us what happened next. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. 
and the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow, and Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. God was angry at them for what they had done, and he set the record straight. He tells them that it is his decision alone who he speaks to, about what, at the time of his choosing. Verse 10 tends to imply who was mainly responsible for stirring up the complaints. When the cloud lifts and Miriam, only Miriam, is a leper much to the horror of her brother. God judged Miriam for her actions. She was wrong to speak against God's authority because that's what she was doing, not against Moses. She was referring directly to God's authority. Now, I do want to clarify one point. This does not mean we are never to speak against those in leadership. If a pastor is doing something wrong that goes against the word of God, we need to say something. This incident is not meant to say that those in leadership positions can do whatever they want. They are accountable to God for their actions. And if they disobey God's word, we can and should speak up. The problem here was that Miriam was ultimately speaking against God. Her words were being guided by her pride, not by the Lord. Pride is a dangerous emotion, one that always leads to trouble because it makes us believe a lie about ourselves. Miriam's pride led her to believe that she deserved to be right there with Moses, that she was entitled to an important position. When we allow pride into our heart, it will guide our thoughts and actions. Pride always makes itself known. It can never be hidden, which means we must guard against it. At the first signs of pride, we need to correct our thinking by going to the word of God to remind ourselves of how God views those who are proud. Proverbs 16.5 says, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. And Proverbs 28.25 tells us, He that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. Both of these verses were evidenced in life of Miriam. She stirred up strife and was punished for her behavior. Now she was a leper. That's a death sentence. But what happens next is a beautiful example of mercy and grace. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed, when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days, and after that, let her be received in again. And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days, and the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. And afterward, the people removed from Hazaroth and pitched in the wilderness of Paran. That was verses 11 through 16. Her brother Aaron pleads for her. He begs Moses to intercede on her behalf. He admits that they, he takes responsibility for his part, behaved foolishly, that they sinned, but he cries out for mercy. And Moses, the one who had been the source of all their complaints earlier, the one who had been offended, asks God to heal his sister. He beseeches him on her behalf. This is a great lesson for those who have been offended. Moses could have said, uh, no, this is God's judgment on her for her actions. I will not interfere. But that was not his way. We are told that he is a man who was meek. So instead, he beseeched the Lord to heal her. What a beautiful show of mercy. She who did not deserve it. She who was outspoken 
and led by pride, was given grace and mercy by the one she had complained against. How often has our pride landed us in bad circumstances, and the very ones we hurt were the ones who rallied to our side asking God to give us mercy. Wow, I think this is the most touching and moving part of the story. And this is the third word I want us to learn from Miriam. Humility. She had to learn this lesson the hard way. God would heal her, but not until she would learn humility. Her complaints against Moses were spoken publicly, so her punishment was equal to them. Everyone in camp waited for Miriam to be healed, but they also knew why they were waiting, why she was a leper. A proud person is a doomed person whose foolish behavior will lead to a big fall. In 1 Peter 5, 5, we are warned about the dangers of pride. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. God only uses those who are willing and only the humble are willing. If we ever want to be usable vessels for God, we must be clothed in humility. It's something that we actually have to put on. We have to choose to let ourselves go to not be consumed about us, but be concerned about others. Let's not be like Miriam who had to learn the hard way, but choose to have a proper view of ourselves. We are simply servants of God. Now we come to the final scene of Miriam's life, which takes place exactly eight chapters later, but I'm not sure how much time has actually passed. There is not much said, just one simple verse to begin the chapter. Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month, and the people abode in Kadesh. And Miriam died there and was buried there. Miriam like the rest of the people who had initially rejected the promised land, would die without going in. Her life was ended, her journey complete, but there is one final word I want to give you. Legacy. While she began as a girl who had the courage to speak up and was an encourager of praise to the Lord, she also suffered a blow from a prideful heart. That would be the last scene in Miriam's life that we would be, that would be recorded, that we would witness. Her interactions, her speaking was the last thing we see is a prideful heart. We all will leave a legacy behind when we die. We will be remembered for something after we pass away, but it is up to us if it is good or bad. For people like Miriam, she is remembered for both, but often her incident with Moses is the one talked about most. I know that the majority of us would prefer to avoid the topic of death, but Solomon in Ecclesiastes 7.2 makes an interesting point. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. Solomon is reminding us that death comes to all. No one will escape. Our life on earth will come to an end. So it is better for the living to remember that. Perhaps if we spent time reflecting on the fact that we are not guaranteed tomorrow, it would influence our behavior today. It would motivate us to make better decisions now so that we can leave a legacy behind that will point others to Christ. Miriam's legacy, her life, consisted of four simple words, courage, encourager, humility, legacy. My prayer 
is that we would tuck these words inside our heart and let them remind us to speak out for the right, to seize the opportunities God gives us, to be an encourager for others in praising the Lord, to resist pride and clothe ourselves in humility so that we may leave a legacy that shows we were a follower of Christ. And please don't forget that Miriam was a single woman over 90, meaning that it's never too late to start serving God. And whether you are single or married, God can and will use you. All you have to do is be a willing vessel. And with that, we wrap up our episode for today. Please know that if you have any questions or prayer requests, you can always send them to me, learning to sit still at gmail.com or through my social media accounts, sit still my daughter. I pray that you have a wonderful day in the Lord, my friend. And remember that you can sit still as his daughter, knowing that he has everything under control. Thank you.